0: But at seven minutes past five, Guy McKenna, former West Coast Eagles captain, champion, Hall of Famer. He's done it all at the West Coast Eagles. He also coached the Gold Coast Suns. He was their inaugural coach. He joins us on the program. Thanks for your time, Blue. G'day, Pete. How are you, mate? Not bad, not bad. Uh, Well, the FIFA Women's World Cup has just concluded and now the AFL has got a bit of uh, free space now to promote uh, themselves heading into... Well, I think it would be a pretty exciting AFL series as we head into the final round of home and away fixtures and still a few questions to be answered regarding who partakes in those finals.
1: Well, yeah, and who plays who? Because I think it's like the top three play the bottom um, sort of five or well, six, seven and eight side as well. So it's all—it's uh, almost like a preview for the final. So, yeah, I mean, things potentially could change. I don't think, I, I, honestly, looking at the fixture, I don't think a lot will change. Maybe it's some percentage and... If there is an upset or um, along the way, but um, but yeah, it's going to be a, a yeah. There's certainly, some sides are going to be doing some uh, touching and feeling
0: of a potential opponent in the first week of the finals, which uh, makes for good viewing. Yeah, good to see your former club, the West Coast Eagles, uh, surprise a few people with their victory on the weekend.
1: Yeah, I oh, certainly was a surprise. Given, I mean, again, given given what the one they've, how they've been travelling, of course, and personnel and and all the other bits and pieces going on, and obviously with the doggies, with so much to play. Um, but yeah, they persevered and um they found a way and um they got a, a really good result and a good result for the for the club and um yeah, I mean the uh, the talk about uh you know, tanking and all that sort of stuff <laughs> is just incredulous if you think about it, where you really sit down and think about who would even consider that. Because again it's it's teaching the players the good habits and you know good habits and um, you know they start in your preparation and then your training and all those sorts of things and then winning the more games you're, you're involved in and winning well the better chance you've got of winning the next one i
0: would have thought so it's a fairly simple logic to follow as far
1: as i'm concerned
0: i'll come back at the end of the chat and just ask you a couple of questions about the coach adam simpson and how you think he's handled it but speaking of coaches today Damien hardwick probably the AFL's worst-kept secret in recent times, was announced as the new coach of the Gold Coast Suns for the next six years, which is a pretty good tenure. Uh, They even flew to Milan to have a chat to him while he was holidaying there in Italy. Now, of course, you coached the Gold Coast Suns from 2011 to 2014, and many people have said a lot about a national team coming out of that part of Australia. What was your experiences about... No coaching at the gold coast knowing that it wasn't really like melbourne afl centric
1: oh yeah and that's you know given given the results on the field mate and it wasn't to the players detriment but we certainly had to spend a lot of time off the field in and you know engaging our environment and our community because yeah that well, we weren't we we all understood we weren't going to not that it was a plan not to be so successful. Of course we wanted to be successful and of course we wanted to win every game. But we knew how difficult that was going to be based on history of young sides playing up against old sides. So, yeah, so um, unbeknownst and hopefully the AFL, um, hopefully it's been seven years since I've retired to 2040. Oh, it is too well and truly. Yeah. Hopefully that's a on monitor because um, unbeknownst to the players and the players were fantastic, mind you. But still, we had a big playing list of 53, but... Back then, um, I think the players had to do two and a half thousand hours of uh, community time, and even the uh, the great Gary Ablett and all our leaders Nathan Bock, um, Michael Ruscicelli, Jared Harbrow, Campbell Brown, Joshy Fraser, all those boys, um, uh, unbeknownst to them, we just did it because that's what we had to do, and they were fantastic. They didn't, they not, not, we did not get one complaint, nor they knew that we were spending five, five They were spending five thousand hours in the community. Um, and it was sort of um, an unwritten sort of secret amongst the uh, admin and football staff because um, that's what we had to do. We had to press the flesh um, and get out and see the people. I think the, the well-established clubs that have, have got big fan bases, won uh, premierships and all that sort of stuff, totally understand that the fans will come to them, whereas we had to... And we understood um, up that that market, which is a, a non-traditional football state, that we had to um, embrace them before they were going to embrace us. So uh, we did that as best we can, but again... Smartly, as as we became, when I say more successful, made those three wins turn into eight wins. Well, we started to wind it back because we needed to spend, and the players could, of course, spend more time on the training track. So, I think by the four, my, more my last year, the fourth year when we got to ten wins, that was back to two and a half thousand hours. But um, we just thought that was necessary to make sure that we had the community on side. Which look, everyone speaks about all those um, uh, sporting clubs, and look, the Bears. And Robert Walls, um, you know, uh, you know, he was the first one to go up there as well um, after some other coaches to have some sort of traction with the, with the Bears, but it was always going to be difficult. And look, the simple fact is, mate, there's 350,000 people, I think, or getting maybe close to 500,000 people on the Gold Coast now. They just don't have, you know, the millions of um, populations to, to support a lot of clubs. So by definition, they failed. But because of the weight of the AFL, it's certainly going to be, a success Uh, and obviously with the appointment today, um, we're not going to say fast track it, but it was certainly going to help, you know, the club get some um, validity amongst the community because now there's a premiership coach coaching the Gold Coast.
0: Yeah, but saying that, there's no guarantees, is there, Bluey? Because as you said, in your final year, there were 10 wins, 12 losses, very similar to what roughly there are at the moment. That was 2014, and they decided to move away from Guy McKenna because they didn't play finals in the first four years. They haven't played finals yet, and we're now heading into 2024 next year. There's no guarantees, is there? Oh, definitely not. And
1: look, I'll be, I won't mention names again. I've already been over this a thousand times. But yeah, that was the question I was asked at the at the board meeting, which I didn't think was going to be my last, but it, clearly it was. But um, when I was asked about um, you know next year, if you think everyone's fit and healthy, how do you reckon we'll go? Do we think we'll make finals? And I said, well, you realise you have to win twelve games. The AFL actually don't, and the other clubs don't don't go and hand you twelve games. You actually have to go out and do that. You mm-hmm. understand that. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is. It, it is tough, and yeah, I, I look back too, and I, I, I'm still proud of the the coaching effort of myself and Maddie Primus and Kenny Hinckley, Dean Solomon and Shane O'Brien, when up against no premiership coaches there. Um, Maddie Primus was the only other he you had know, previous um, uh, coaching senior coaching experience at Port. I think for, for for four years, maybe three or four years, but you know. Senior coach, alongside me, who was a newbie, as a senior coach, so he was the one with basically all the experience, and then the other, the rest of us were all new. And obviously, Kenny had spent some time uh, was uh, doing some premiership time with the with the Cats. Um, and then, if you look at the uh, the first, uh, as, as I like to do, look at the first four years of our success, having 24 wins versus, you know, when everyone talked about you know Kevin Sheedy, and so they should, and Choco Williams. Well, there was four premierships from day one over at that club, you know, we had none, but they, they won 21 games and we'd won 24. So I still look at our record and think it's remarkable considering, you know, the experience of players, um, and the list build, the way it went uh, and that, and they slightly went uh, in different directions um, and versus the coaching um, IP, if you like. So yeah. So yeah, premiership success. And And, and again, I still talk to, you know, Matty, um, uh, not Matty Clarkson, he actually plays for me at, cor- uh, um, at Caulfield, but <laughs> um, um, Alistair Clarkson, you know, he's kind of, I mean, he's had his trials and tribulations, of course, this year with North. But, you know, um, I know two or three years after um, he'd had, he just won his fourth flag at Hawthorne, I mean, they won five games, <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, it's there's, its not a walk-up start. And But, look, I, I listened to parts of the press conference, and, you know, I'm, I'm, and Dimmer understands. And, look, he... He, because of his experience of um, at Richmond before he was almost walked out the door, they stuck with him and then the wheel turned because of all that foundation work that he'd done in development and, and getting everyone to buy into a game plan and a club and we're all, we're all in this together sort of mentality. Well, I dare say that experience is going to help him a lot at the Gold Coast.
0: So let me ask you this question. It's like multiple choice in some ways, Bluey. So why <laughs> haven't they had success? Is it the coaches they've selected? Is it no, the list? No, no. Uh, is the list of players they've selected, or is it because geographically where it's placed? What's been the biggest hindrance to Gold Coast having success? Because the AFL have bankrolled it. There's no question about that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, is it is uh, so? Option E is none of the above. Um, <laughs> just, well, simply, mate. It's again. Just look at West Coast. Just look at North this year. Why aren't they successful? Well, because they're the youngest. And and I talk about inexperienced lists going around. I mean, uh, someone... Well, if there's anyone left to be uh, out of the... uh, Off off rehab. But, you know, Simo this year replaces a 19-year-old with another 18-year-old. Or a 19-year-old who's played five games, he gets replaced with a 19-year-old that plays three games. I mean, you know, and then if you bring in a senior player, he lasts two or three weeks because the load on him. And it's just this nasty little cycle that just continues with sides that have spent time down there. And they spend time down there. and, And it's no... It's it's no it's not bizarre to me to go if you look at the, the the top four sides at the end of the year compared to the bottom four sides there'll be one thing that stands out it'll be the games on general it's the age um, the games experience I should say in those teams now there'll be an anomaly like probably two years ago um, even with West Coast they have an old they have an old or their side that plays is old but they're old and slow and they're breaking down and all that sort of stuff so that's that's when you know you need to start pulling the ripcord and get a bit parachute out because the land is it's going to be really hard and and that and that's what they found out and they they're not the first club to go through that we've seen some other really experienced sides that have been backed in they get over the hill and then all of a sudden you're left with 10 or 12 senior players and you just don't you just don't recruit that many or draft that many you know in an off season so you hang you're forced to hang on to it because you've you've hung on to it in the first place so yeah E is my answer because Gold Coast just hasn't got old yet i mean even in my fourth year the second last game we played, and my media manager came up and said, oh, Bluey, as far as experience goes, do you realise this is your least experienced team as far as um, games played? I said, what? We couldn't be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, David Swallow's now playing his 60th or 70th game in, his, in our first game. though he, he was playing his first. We had 15 debutants that year. You can't be right, but he was. So we'd spent four years in the AFL, but... David Swallow had moved from you know one game to to seventy odd. Um, you know Sam Day had, had done the same. T- Tom Lynch had done the done the same. Um, Dion Presty had done that. We put sixty or seventy games into these kids, so hence the reason we'd gone from three wins to eight wins. It wasn't wasn't like rocket science here. Um, yeah. And but and then all of a sudden they did another. The coach went and Rocket came in and they had another uh, peel back and they got young again. And so they've always been young and just but again now. Just as they're starting to get old, so Dimmer's timed his run uh, beautifully, in my my humble opinion, because they're they're right. They, the ingredients are all there. Um, they still they still need to get in the mixing bowl and mix it all together, and they still need to stick it in the oven. So, as you said, Pete, there's, it's not it's not like uh, Dimmer's going to click his fingers and they're just going to um, you know bounce into the finals next year. They're, they're a good chance because they they were a silly chance to make it up until about a couple of weeks ago, so they haven't been far off. Yeah. Um, so. They're a lot better primed now, certainly as Rocket uh, when he took over from me and and even when, um, you know, Dewey took over from Rocket. So, I mean, of all the comings of coaches, this is probably the best one. And again, you know, some of those players now, um, and they're in those facilities, they're new facilities, new environments. Um, Well, I want to say new, but they're all comfortable in them now. I mean, you know, a couple of years back, they were new for Dewey and, and the players because, you know, from the Commonwealth Games and all that sort of stuff. But now... Everyone's had some time in there. They're all settled, like your own, your own home you build and buy. You know, cracks and groans and all that sort of stuff. But six months in, you're all used to all that sort of stuff. And I think the players um, now, and again, Dewey didn't have it. Uh, I certainly didn't have it. Rocket didn't have it either. But, you know, you're, you're going to get a coach that's got premierships success he's obviously dealt with a lot of managers so all of a sudden when i say the go home clause it's just very easy for a manager to say well don't you want to go and play for a or go and play back home or two go and play for a premiership coach he knows what he's doing yeah. these other bozos don't you know so all that sort of stuff he ticks all those boxes so um yeah they've certainly got a, a better chance of success than they ever have but they will have success mate i'm telling you
0: okay yeah and finally E, before we let you go uh have you read the body language of Adam Simpson, who's been under siege not only here in Western Australia and Perth but uh, around the country because of what's happened in the last couple of years? Uh, I suppose nobody would like to be in his shoes, but how have you read his body language?
1: Yeah, well, I was here at the East Coast Eagles launch over here in Melbourne. He spoke, and I thought what he said and how he said it was... Uh, was on point uh, I don't think he, he didn't certainly overestimate where he thought they were going to be and certainly didn't underestimate them I was, I was probably a bit the other way I thought um, not so much him it's just the supporters in the room because he hit the hit the, hit the nailer on the head everyone was up and about so they should have been but I did I, didn't, I, I did think the year was going to be challenging clearly not as challenging given the injuries and everything else that's happened along the way so um, but yeah I, I just don't think <laughs> what else can he do I mean that's Someone asked me about that. If, you know, after one of the 100-point losses, you know, Trevor Nishra goes down and beats his hands on the table. Well, I mean, anyone, even Mick Mulhouse or Kevin Sheedy would sit there. Well, what else can I do, mate? They're all injured. <laughs> I've got no-one else to replace them with. What more can you – you want me to play the backs as forwards and the forwards as backs and turn the in, uh, mids inside out? I just don't know what else he could have done. So it's really it's really up to him what he – but I hear – Um, I'm not so much on the body language, but I've heard him talk and he talks like he wants to be there and and be in the rebuild. And I think we remember uh, Mickey Malthouse, mate, like it was only yesterday, but I remember him telling me at the start of my coaching journey, he has always said that you've never coached until you've coached a bottom four side because you basically go into a well, a season like um, Simo has with his one arm tied behind his back. There's very few levers he can pull because he's, you know, better players are sitting on the wrong side of the fence. We've got some kids that will, for the first quarter, will kick it like Malcolm Blythe uh, or, you know, Chris Judd and then, you know, um, or Nathan Buckley. And then the next very next quarter, they will come out and they'll kick it up the chimney or kick it sideways or kick it out of bounds. He'll be sitting there shaking your head going, oh, why's this? And well, unfortunately, uh, kids will be consistently inconsistent. They don't mean to be, but until they get to 40 or 50 games, they become a bit more resilient and a bit more um, consistent, and then they start to become good, you know, semi-senior players. And that's he just hasn't, he hasn't got enough of those players to be seriously contending, you know, even winning matches, let alone staying in them.
0: Good on you, Bluey. Much appreciated, Pete. Ah, lovely to have a chat to him. Uh, Guy McKenna, the uh, former champion of the West Coast Eagles. And Norm says, I fully agree, Pete. Uh, if the ball hits any post and bounces back into the field of play, it's play on. They look, could also have cameras on both sides of all the posts looking straight down to the base of the post. I agree with you, Norm. I don't think the technology is right there yet. And Lisa certainly enjoyed... Guy McKenna, great hearing another Eagles legend in Guy McKenna on air. What a win by the Eagles. Tim Kelly was outstanding. Oscar Allen, they were. They were terrific. And Simo needs to stay and take the club forward. Uh, And as Bluey said, uh, as far as he's concerned, he's been coaching with one arm behind his back. So he's supportive of Adam Simpson. Just repeating for the good oil for Cobram Estate, Premier Australian extra virgin olive oil. The big stories today that the West Coast Eagles board, that came out today, met at the chairman's house. Very informal uh, to discuss a few matters uh, regarding the West Coast Eagles, of which the main focus was how do we celebrate and how do we present our three great players, Hearn, Natanoo and Shui in their retirement uh, this Saturday night. And as well as that, as we've mentioned, the Gold Coast Sons have appointed Damien Hardwick as the coach for the next six years. All thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in Northern Victoria. We'll take a break. Uh, The top five is coming up next here on Sports Day.